0: Fam, welcome to the Prescription for Change podcast. Are you a working professional, busy mom, and tirelessly trying to bring your A game in your career? Do you prioritize your family and their needs before your own, leaving little to no time for self care? Do you secretly fantasize about the days you are at your physical peak and confident with your body and in your skin? Are you tired and struggling with the never ending journey to better nutrition, physical fitness, and mental health? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Michelle, board certified physician, mom of two, and your health coach. This podcast will transform the way you think about food and your health, so you can break away from perfection paralysis and finally start to live your life intentionally. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you all for joining me for another episode of Prescription for Change. I am happy to be here with you today and just wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the things that have helped me along my health journey. If you haven't already heard about it, you can go back to, um, one of the first episodes that I did and, um, just hearing about how I all, how I started off with, um, just wanting to make healthier choices and be able to live a more fit and healthy life and just keep up with my kids, make sure that I feel good in my body and my skin and that I'm doing the things that I can to make sure that I have a long life on this earth. So um, just wanted to come on again today because I wanted to share a little bit about just eating and um kind of along the same lines of food neutrality as I've talked about before, but going more specifically into that, like how you get to that point. So have any of you ever used food as a reward for anything, either for yourself or for your kids or just as a treat? Um, When you say you're going to treat yourself to something or if you had a major accomplishment, whether it's at work or socially or Um, something in sports, or your kids do really well, they get on a roll, or they, you know, won a championship for soccer, or whatever the case is, any kind of achievement or accomplishment, thinking about in your home, when you were a child, and what you're doing now as an adult for you and your children, did you ever use or, or do you continue to use food as a reward? And I asked that question because when I was thinking about some of the things that I was doing, just some of the practices that I do, and a lot of these things are just ingrained in us from childhood, as I've talked about before, we just kind of do the same things that our parents did, or, you know, the adults that were around us that um, hugely influences how you kind of lead your life. And I think about with my own kids, like, oh, you know, you did really well, or you got a great report card, let's go out to eat somewhere instead of asking them, what would you like to do as a treat? Or maybe coming up with some other things. Maybe, you know, what I've started to do more recently is let's take a trip to the bookstore or let's go to the library and pick out something. Or let's go um, to the store and pick out a small toy or game or something of that sort. Or going out for an adventure, right? They did something well. The reward doesn't always have to be food. And not saying that, Giving food as a reward or eating food as a reward is not um, entirely bad, but it can become something that's a habit, in which case we're training ourselves to attach food to when you do something good or attach it to an emotion. Because you can also, if you're an emotional eater, You can also go to food when you're feeling bad about yourself or when you're feeling sad or to deal with those feelings. And I've talked about this in a prior episode as well is that the major thing when you're trying to figure out your health and you know, figuring out ways to basically have something that's sustainable is not attaching it to an emotion. Because whether you're feeling good or you're feeling bad, that means that you're going to then either punish yourself or reward yourself using food to either, you know, give yourself something that you consider to be a treat that may not be the healthiest thing, or restricting food from yourself because you're using that as a punishment. And either way is not a good way to use food. We want to keep food neutral. We want to not demonize food, some foods and elevate other foods. And while there are foods that are going to be better for you than others, that is all part of what I want to talk about today, which is intuitive eating. So, we are naturally born, barring any medical conditions, and again, whenever you know I'm coming on and I do these episodes, this is all barring any specific medical conditions. There's always going to be something out there that you could be born with or that you acquire that will um, not make some of these things feasible for you, but barring any medical condition, we are all born with the ability to eat intuitively. That's what infants do. This is what I teach families, especially first-time Um, parents, and understanding that your baby knows exactly when they need to eat. You don't have to, again, barring any medical condition. some preterm babies who are in the NICU and those sorts of things, you have to get them used to it or get them on a schedule. But for infants, for the most part, you want to wake them in the beginning and make sure that they're waking up to eat, but they know like you know once they're they get past that kind of tired phase after birth they eat intuitively they're going to eat when they're hungry so they're going to show you those cues they're going to start to stir they're going to start to cry they're going to start rooting and anything that comes near their mat their mouth they're going to try to latch onto they're searching for food. So they're going to let you know when they're hungry. And they also let you know when they're full, they push away the bottle or stop latching onto the breast. um, If you're if you're breastfeeding, or turn their head away, or they fall asleep, any of those signals are signs that they are done, but they're going to let you know. And the funny thing is that Our adult brain is always trying to control or figure out that infant brain, like, why aren't they eating? Why did they stop eating? Why did they only eat for five minutes? Why do they still want to eat? Why are they waking up every hour, every two hours, and they're wanting to feed? That seems like too much. Our adult brain cannot comprehend intuitive eating because we've been trained otherwise. Right so going through again childhood and just thinking about think about when you know you were little how was food presented in your home did you sit down for meals were you always eating on the go were you forced to eat your food i remember you know it, and even for myself it's like you're going to sit at the table and you're going to sit there until you finish all of your food and i was a kid who didn't want to i mean i wasn't particularly picky as far as limiting foods and we had a good variety of you know veggies and fruits and grains and protein but it was you're going to eat whatever's on your plate but maybe that day i didn't really feel like eating so another example is as children get older and toddlers again They're intuitive eaters. Children are naturally intuitive eaters and we train them to do otherwise. So for a toddler, I always hear, you know, once they get to around 18 months or two years old, parents are always like, oh, my child is so picky. They won't eat certain things or they don't want to eat dinner. It's because they're getting in what their body needs. They're eating when they're hungry and they stop eating when they're not hungry. And so if we're forcing them to eat, we are then attaching an emotion to food, right? As parents sometimes get very anxious when their children are not eating, and they feel like they're starving their children, and their kids are fine, they're growing well. And I can show a growth chart and say, look, you know, they're doing really well, they're gaining weight, they're getting taller. Children know when they are hungry. Now we have to help them with some food choices. And again, that's something that's learned, right? If we as Adults don't like peas. We're like, oh, my baby doesn't like peas, but you didn't even really give it a good try, right? That's something that's learned. It's not that the baby doesn't like peas, it's that you probably didn't really give it a good try because you don't like peas. So, a lot of those things we're projecting onto our children. But the definition of intuitive eating is just trusting your body to make food choices that feel good for you. And by you, I mean each specific or each individual person, not a collective you. So there isn't going to be one, you know, set of foods or one set of, you know, calories, a lot of diets like to say, okay, you need to get in. You know, for women, 1200 calories, and for men, 1400 calories. It doesn't take into account so many different things. Our body makeup is so different. We're all very different. We don't all get the same thing, it's not one size fits all. So it's trusting your body to make the food choices that are good for you as an individual. And that's without judgment of diet culture. So there isn't going to be any body shaming or food shaming or demonizing foods and elevating some foods. And, you know, I I know I refer to foods as healthy and unhealthy. But that is just to to kind of um, identify them as we know it, but there aren't bad foods and good foods. It's just that they're going to be foods that are going to nourish you and give you what you need to replenish your muscles and your brain cells and, you know, allow our body to do all of the things it needs to do for synthesis. And there are going to be some foods that are just for pure pleasure, which is fine. And those things are fine. But when you eat intuitively, you no longer have this idea that I have to get in all of the foods that I consider you know, the vices, right, the things that you absolutely love to eat that you know, are not necessarily going to make you feel good after you're done. But you love to eat it because it's enjoyable, right? No one likes to think of, you know, picking a carrot out of the ground and eating that that doesn't really seem very appetizing. But it's all about our um, mentality and our mindset around food and reframing that which I've talked about as well. But there's a lot that comes with it. But intuitive eating is really the basic thing that we need to adopt this idea of food neutrality. You can't think that food is neutral until you understand that you have the capability to eat intuitively. So kind of dumping all of the things that we have learned along the way about what it is we're supposed to eat and not eat. And, you know, when we're supposed to eat and restricting foods and punishing yourself with food or rewarding yourself with food, all of that aside, we all have the capability, we are born with the capability of eating intuitively, and our body is going to let us know. So there are a few things that we need to do in order to be able to do that is you want to focus on nurturing and nourishing your body And this will naturally then encourage weight loss instead of calorie restriction or starvation, which is forced weight loss, right? So you're doing it in a way that is going to feel good, but you have to nourish your body and give your body what it needs. Because if you're restricting calories and you're not getting in enough and you're running, you know, three, four miles a day, you're not replenishing your muscles. You're not giving it what it needs. It's going to starve. It's going to crave protein. And then you're going to eat foods that aren't necessary. Great for you. It's not going to give you what you need. And then eventually your body, you know, we have a great way of being able to compensate, but then that will spiral into. You didn't eat what you were supposed to to nourish your body, and now it's craving certain things, and you turn to foods that necessarily that aren't necessarily going to benefit you in the long term, but may make you feel good when you eat it, like ice cream or cookies or cakes, um, as you're sitting down on the couch watching TV or whatever it is that you use as your reward it's going to satisfy that hunger for a little bit, but it's not giving your body what it actually needs. And so you're still going to be hungry again an hour later, and then you're going to turn to foods that aren't necessarily going to fulfill that need. So you're constantly eating, and then that leads to weight gain. And then you feel bad about yourself, and it's this vicious cycle. So I bring this up because I was there, and I realized I need to stop the categorizing of foods as bad and good and thinking about what it is that my body needs. So I've made it a practice to sit down and eat my meals. And I love doing that. I really do not like sitting in a car and eating my meals. I like to sit down. I like to take my time. Um, I would often get teased for eating very slow. And I do that because I want to be able to enjoy the food and appreciate all the flavors and tastes and, you know, I love to eat. I want to enjoy it. But then it also gives my body a chance to take a pause and say, do you want to keep going? Are you still truly hungry or are you satisfied? And that's something that I've tried to teach my children as well is listening to your body. What is your body telling you? So something may be really good, and you want to keep eating it. And I've had those moments as well, like, oh, my gosh, this is a really great meal. It's so good. I want to finish it. Or if you're going out to a restaurant, I find that most times whenever we order meals, they're much bigger than a serving. And it's not that I mean, I can eat. It's not that I'm a picky eater, or I don't eat a lot. Um, as far as volume, I just feel like the portions are huge. And they could be for at least two people. Um, many times I'm usually packing stuff, you know, when I order from a restaurant, because I'm not possibly going to be able to eat that in one sitting. Um, and when you're looking at the portions, they're just much bigger, I find that they've gotten bigger and bigger over the years. But I say that to say that, you know, the food can taste really good and I'm enjoying it, but it doesn't mean that I need to keep eating it until it's all done. And I think that's another thing that we, um, in and I'm using we as a generalization. Many people I've heard say that I was taught to, you know, you don't want to waste food, you want to eat everything that's on your plate. But I always tell my kids, you can you can always go back for more if you want, share what it is that is a good portion size for you and what you would typically eat, and you can go back and get more because the food isn't running anywhere. It's not going anywhere. You can always go back and get some more, but if you have it sitting on your plate, then yeah, you don't want to waste that food. So the idea of, you know, I'm going to put what's on my plate, not have my eyes be bigger than my stomach, and then it give my body some time to digest and to settle. And if it's still saying, yeah, I can eat some more, then sure, go ahead and get some more. But if you truly feel full or you're satisfied, then you should stop. And I think just honoring your body's hunger cues and respecting your body's satiety cues or when you're full. So that is gonna be a huge part of intuitive eating is understanding that your body is going to tell you when you need to eat more and when you need to stop. And you don't wanna eat until you feel like your belly's gonna pop or you've you've had way too much and you're like, oh, I can't move. That's not a good feeling either. So you can always go back and get some more, um, not attaching this to like, this is the final like last meal I'm gonna have. And then after that, that's it. Or I need to get this in to get in X amount of calories or stop now because I can't go over my calories. I think just listening to your body is going to be a much better way. And we all know, even when we eat the foods that are considered junk, the ones that we demonize, if you have those foods, that's fine. And you're eating it, but also knowing when enough is enough. I will often look at serving sizes now and just see, you know, how much are they saying is X amount of calories? If you're looking at um, the labels, and I've taught my kiddos how to do this as well, not to count calories per se, but to understand ingredients and what's in our food and also understanding, I mean, it's a great math lesson, but also understanding you know, how many, how much is a serving? What are they considering a serving? Because you may eat, you know, let's say it's cookies, you may eat five chocolate chip cookies and feel like for you, that's a serving. But you also want to honor that as well, because you're looking to see, okay, if you're going to have something that you consider a treat or something that you really enjoy, you don't want to overindulge, right? Because you're then not giving your body what it needs. And if we're being honest with ourselves, those things don't always feel great either. So we know if we have things like high sugar content food, or we have too much sugar, I know I can feel that a lot of that has to do with, you know, what happens as we age, is that our body feels things metabolizes things differently. And so we're not able to process those things as well as we could, our body's at a point where it's like, look, you really just shouldn't be doing that anymore. Um, So I always know I can feel it the next day if I've had, you know, alcoholic beverages or, um, you know, ice cream or just sweets, things that have a high sugar content, I can feel it in my joints the next day because there's inflammation there and it does not feel good or my belly doesn't feel good. There may be bloating or some other sign where it's like, okay, I can, you know, indulge or I can enjoy my what I call my vices chocolate. So I love all types of chocolate doesn't really matter. Um, but I will eat chocolate when I feel like I want to have some. But I always know if I've gone over because my body tells me uh, that doesn't really feel so good. And as much as we enjoy eating those foods in the moment, when you know, you know, when it doesn't feel good, it's something that you really don't want to do again, because no one wants to feel that way, right? You want to feel good, and you want to be able to move your joints the next day and move in a way that's going to feel good for you. So that is what intuitive eating is. And we can retrain ourselves to be able to do that and understanding what our hunger cues are. The other thing that I usually, um, you know, when I'm teaching my clients, and I'm coaching, and the things that I you know, I'm my kid's coach. So I'm teaching them as well, how to be able to learn these lessons from now so they don't have to go through the whole process that I did figuring this out in my like late third, early fourth decade of life is that sometimes when we think that we want to eat something just because we're attaching an emotion to it, it's really our body telling us that it's thirsty. So we always do um, water checks, like how much water did you drink today? And not I'm not talking about fluid in general, specifically water, because you want to make sure, again, that you're not loading up on sugary beverages like soda or um, lemonades or teas or, you know, caffeinated beverages as well. You want to make sure that you're replenishing the fluid that you need. So 60% of our body is made up of water fluid and so we need to make sure that we're accounting for any natural losses of fluid and then at least getting in the maintenance and of course that's going to change depending on your activities throughout the day if you're an athlete or you know whatever it is that you're doing so we always do water check-ins where I make sure to say okay how much water did you have so far today they have refillable water bottles as do I which typically works best and some of the fun ones will have the little reminders on there but that's all part of it as well is sometimes it's merely that we have not had enough to drink and we're mistaking that for hunger um, or for are bored, We naturally will go to the pantry instead of, you know, hey, why don't you I'll tell my kids just drink a glass of water first. If you are hungry, you're feeling like you're hungry and you know you had a snack just an hour ago drink a glass of water first. So eight ounces of water, drink that, settle for a little bit. If you're still feeling hungry after that, then fine, go and get something to eat. But understanding that we need to listen to our body and what it's telling us, what we need, right? Because there are also those times, I'm sure you've all done this as well, I know that I have, As I'm like, oh, I'm really hungry and I eat something and it still doesn't satisfy that hunger. It's probably because I'm thirsty or that's not whatever it is that I ate wasn't quite the thing that my body was telling me that it needed. So it gets a lot easier as you practice it. And again, it's going to take some practice in order to be able to have progress in that direction. When we eat intuitively, and then we're retrained to eat in a different way. Now we have to go back to training ourselves to eat intuitively as we did initially. So um, those are going to be the main things in order to help you get back into the right direction. And this was one of the main things that I needed to do. But of course, your mindset is going to be that first thing in order to be able to embrace this and understand it and be prepared to give it a try um, and really be able to adapt it, then you need to change your mindset around food and understanding that. And that is why that is the very first thing that I start with when I'm coaching my clients As I never start with the food portion, because you're not going to get to that space if your mind isn't in the right place. So, I wanted to leave this with you today. This is probably one of the most important things that I did or that I changed in order to help me progress in my health journey, and it's something that I continue to practice is just being very mindful about sitting down and eating my meals, enjoying the food, not just eating because it's like, okay, it's lunchtime, it's time to eat, but listening to what my body actually needs, understanding what foods feel good and what don't. So, if you're waking up in the morning the next day and and you feel like you can't really move or your body, you know, you have indigestion or your joints are in flames, and that probably wasn't the best thing. Don't keep doing that. If it doesn't feel good for your body, then it's probably something that you shouldn't have or you, it needs to be limited, right? So you can find out, you can tweak some some things and figure out how can you still have some of the foods that you love to enjoy or just indulge in? while still making sure that you're giving your body what it needs, you're nourishing it and it feels good. So that's what I want to leave you with today is eat to nourish, right? Not just because you're attaching it to an emotion and you want to eat. So I hope this was helpful for you all. Like I said, you can always go back and check out previous episodes if you want to see how I started out in my health. I'm always posting on um, my private Facebook group, Michibe B Clean Living. And you could also find me on Instagram at MD Clean Living and see what things that I'm doing now and how I'm continuing in my health journey. I love joining you all every Thursday. So listen out for our new episode, which will drop every week. All right, cheers to your health.